morning and welcome to Breakfast with Man. I'm Father Ken. It's so exciting to have you join us here today at the Ban Arbitrage Network, where we combine data and experience to help you understand the world of collectible finance. Today on Breakfast with Ban, we're covering some of the Baldur's Gate spoilers, as well as some new Capenna movement. But really, what what ends up happening today is we're kind of cobbling things together. We've got a lot going on within the world of collectible finance, but the fun part is, is we get to talk with you about what's going on. Wit, how are you doing this morning? Very good this morning. Um, got a thunderstorm about to roll in here. I had my coffee, um, ate biscuits for breakfast, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. I've got a teenager upstairs who, for the first time in her life, is being faced with allergies. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, we moved last last fall to a new community and we moved out of the superior basement uh superior basin and moved into uh the plains area and so everybody's planting all the trees are blooming right now everything's warm and hot and well it's kind of cold and dreary today but allergies have come back and we're trying to figure out how to manage our allergies again sounds like you changed uh your basic land scene if you will uh, yes. My goodness. <laughs> Some of the things that are going on within the world of collectible finance right now, we are continuing to see more and more spoilers. And I am continuing to be more and more exhausted by them. Aww. We have Baldur's Gate coming out in June. Okay. We've had a third of the set spoiled. It was all the cards really that were spoiled uh, earlier this year by, I, I don't know if it was a stolen pack or if somebody got a pack somewhere, but there was, there was some spoilers. So all of those cards have really come out. It's kind of been an initially just a letdown, but we're going to see more and more happening in the next coming weeks, and it should be a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I would definitely say that if, you know, because I mean, Commander Legends itself was fantastic. And I think it even started, that set also started with a little bit of a, a bit of a snooze fest. Um, but I would say, yeah, we, if it's, if it can hold up the same way, if this set can hold up the same way that Commander Legends can, I think we're in for a lot of surprises over the next couple of days as we see more spoilers uh, get unraveled. And as you said, yeah, the, the stream that we saw yesterday, it was a bit of, it was kind of a snooze fest because it was just a lot of repeated information. The additional cards that they added, some of them were pretty cool. But yeah, ultimately, I would say it's a bit of a rough start, but still have high, high hopes for the set. That being said, the spoiler season is about to start in mid-June for Double Masters 2. <sighs> <laughs> Are you okay? I think I'll be okay. You need a hug? Maybe. Okay. I would like to mention, though, that spoiler season for Warhammer 40k is happening in the middle of July. Wow. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, at, at least we have spoiler season for Dominaria United it, happening in the middle of August. Wait. Are you sure you... I, I think this okay. is happening. <laughs> 
I I think we have another spoiler season in the middle of September as well. Does anybody think about September right now? Uh, I'll be married. Hey, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> I'm thinking about crashing your wedding too. It should be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> help, help. It's going to happen. You know, we talk about this as being kind of exhausting and really it's every couple of weeks and that's what it's going to feel like until all of these sets we get through, you know, I, I kind of wonder how much of, of this spoiler season is affecting sales in the long run. In fact, we had a brief discussion beforehand, but I didn't reveal my information. One of the things that I've, I'm kind of wondering is how sales of these new sets have been affected by other things that have gone on over the past several years. Like, since we're getting a set nearly every single month right now, what about when sets were only coming out every other month, like two or three years ago? And I'm kind of wondering how sales have been affected. I'm wondering if this is just an experiment or if this is going to be the new modus operandi. If, if we're going to get a new set every single month, when do people run out of, out of money? When does this affect the secondary market? What, what ends up happening with, with individual card sales in the long term. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm just surprised that we haven't really seen the wall of fatigue that people have predicted over the years because we've seen this accelerate a lot of, you know, over the past couple of years, we've seen product coming out at a quicker pace. We've seen secret layers. We've seen commander decks being presented at every single set. And people were like, oh man, here comes the wall of fatigue. But we still haven't really seen the wall of fatigue get a get it come into full throttle yet so yeah i guess the question is what will break the camel's back well i'm i'm kind of wondering where are people focusing their money and we continue to see that people want to play commander they want to play modern and slowly i think people are starting to say let's let's just get back into standard too but really there's we have a good question even in the chat right now. Is there going to be a crunch in disposable income spending in the coming weeks and months? I think yes. I think that's going to affect the secondary market, but we're going to have free money as well. We are going to have money that, that just keeps coming in. If we can continue to churn cards every single week and continue to buy and then resell, that's going to really help out us stay ahead of inflation. But at the same time, it's a it's a supply issue as well. If people aren't cracking boxes, are we going to be able to get secondary cards? So it's it's a give or take. It's one of those things we're just gonna have to kind of basically keep an eye out for. You know, and that and that's really what what ban is all about is we're trying to learn and adapt to the market as it happens, and being able to being able to predict where the market's going, I think, is really important. Couldn't say that bad myself. So one of the things that we've been seeing is a little bit of movement across the board. Uh, there's a few things that are really kind of trying to drive the market right now. I think competitive magic is driving some of that market right now. Uh, we can see uh, content producers like, like aspiring spike or yellow hat, or, uh, some of the other ones like LSV that's even starting to play a little bit more modern, a little bit more standard. And we're just trying to, trying to figure out, you know, all of those great things that are going on within competitive magic. One of the cards that's kind of come up over the past couple of weeks is a card called uh, Unlicensed Hearse. 
This is a graveyard hate card. You know, you, you tap it, you pay a little bit of mana, you tap it, and you exile two cards from a graveyard. Seems pretty cool. This has a little bit of, of a graveyard hate theme to it, but then also it's a late game threat, both in modern and pioneer. Um, it's a great card in commander because if you can get it out on turn two or even turn one with soul ring, you have control over their graveyard. And if they have any graveyard theme, you're just pulling stuff right out of their graveyard as soon as it gets in there. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredibly powerful card. Like the moment I saw it. So for those who don't know, I'm very much into commander. I don't really do modern and pioneer, but when I saw this, I immediately thought that this card should be a must have for a, a grand majority of commander decks, just because of how consistent it is to keeping control of the graveyard. And yeah, it's no surprise that this thing has been seeing a lot of movement. To be honest, I'm a little, little upset that it's been going up in price as much as it is. Cause I still have to buy my copy for, cause I play Umbris as a commander. <laughs> but uh but at the same time though that's mtg finance for you and that's also just magic the gathering for you if a card is really good it goes up in value yep right now nearman copies are selling for three and a half bucks we're just looking to resell these at about seven be able to get in get out extended our copies are selling for nine euros over in europe you know it's it's just a multiple multiple card game here you know you find the ones that you can find and then you resell them and get in and get out real quick right now tcg direct has the extended art ones for nine bucks you can get copies for as low as a buck 50 right now 250 yeah i would say i say it's a good card to if you have them good job i would probably sell them maybe at this point i mean i don't think they're gonna go down much but just one of the strong cards in the streets mm -hmm. of Campina set speaking of strong cards uh here is one of the strongest cards in the game that is getting a lot of attention lately I say that I say the strong part sarcastically, but here we go. We have a card that has been seeing a lot of movement because of some of the recent spoilers. And this card is Phyrexian Negator. I never thought that this would be that I would see a day where I, I would be coming up onto this podcast and being like, hey, check out this reserveless card, specifically this one, because this card I've always just laughed at just how bad it is. So for those who don't know, Phyrexian Negator is simply a th three mana black card that's a five five, and it says basically if if Phyrexian Negator takes damage, you have to sacrifice that many permanents, and that's it. That's literally it. So as a reserveless card, it it's not going to get reprinted, and it finally found a home in the new Commander spoilers. We have uh, John Irenicus uh, Shattered One. It is a blue black Commander that allows you to give basically you're give your give an opponent one of your creatures and it cannot be sacrificed and i believe it's goaded as well so the reason that this card is getting a lot of love is basically at the end of your turn you give this off to an opponent that opponent cannot sacrifice the negator which means that for one and it's goaded so that means that they have to smash it into somebody but then also if the phyrexian negator takes damage they cannot sacrifice the negator itself they have to sacrifice other permanents so it's a solid card for that deck specifically, but I would say this is a flavor of the week, maybe flavor of the month. So my suggestion on this card, yeah. sell into the high. You can get copies right now for five and a half euros. You could be able to, to get that from the EU and bring it into the US in about a month. It will probably be too late to do that, but we don't chase the spikes. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. All right. One of the cards that 
has been brought up in chat a couple of times is a card called Titan of Industry. Uh, this is a reanimator target for modern uh, that Yellow Hat has been pushing. It's a card that you just bring it back. It does cool stuff. It's it's. I don't think it's as powerful as some of the other green cards that we've seen over the past uh, few sets like Elder Gargaroth, but at the same time, it's still a solid card to be able to play in a reanimator target. It's a standard one of as well in Jund Reanimator. And so we're just starting to see this come up and we're starting to see it be a, a necessary card for that set or for that deck. It's a mythic, and that's why we're seeing a little bit of movement on it. If we're going to be chasing standard one-ofs, there may be a better card that you want to get into. I think Tenacious Underdog will be the better spec target because you can get them for like a buck fifty right now, and it could easily be a five dollar card. It's got Card Kingdom backing at a dollar five, and with that twenty percent bonus right now, it's a buck twenty-five, and it just seems like a little bit better of a target rather than Titan of Industry. I could be a little bit off, but you know, Tenacious Underdog is being a, played as a four of in any black deck that could play it. And I think that's pretty reasonable to think about as a long-term card, you know, maybe get in now at a buck 50 and then turn it out at, oh man, five bucks or send it to buy list at three fifty. Yeah. I mean, I would yeah, I would definitely say that Tenacious Underdog is the better choice of the two, especially since you could play it early on. Um, I would still say that the Chunky Boy Titan of Industry is still a, uh, as a player, it's a good card to have for Standard. And I think even if Reanimator doesn't get as much love, it could still show up as one or two ofs in Standard. But I do agree that I don't think this is a card worth chasing because, again, like it's cool, it's big, you can. You know, destroy artifacts and jammers, gain life, get rhinos, shield counters. Um, there's a lot of utility to it, but one of the things that we also see with Watsi is it seems like at, if not every set, at least every other set, there's always a new big gigantic, you know, Goliath type creature that is worth reanimating. So I would, you know, if you open it in a pack, congratulations, trade it off, sell it off, you know. Or play with it. Don't hold for long. Move it quick. Yeah. We've seen some cards that have and will be moving in the coming weeks. You've got a card here. Worst fears. Tell me a little bit about this card. Yeah. Uh, as a player, this is one of my favorite cards to cast. So I have a little bit of a personal, like, you know, I get a little bubbly inside. So for those who don't know, worst fears, it's eight mana. It's a black sorcery. It says... Take control of target opponents next turn, and then of course you exile the spell afterwards. So this card has been draining quite a bit on TCG player, which has been long overdue. It only has one printing, um, and currently I think last I saw it's somewhere between four and six dollars. This card could easily become a ten plus dollar card. Now the reason that we're seeing it move now of all times though is because with spoiler season happening, uh, we have a commander called Zevler. And it is a, it's a new Grixis commander that allows you to take a spell that you have that only caught targets one creature or one opponent and instead multiply it out. So that means for worst fears, instead of taking target opponents next turn, this now you make it where it's each opponent's next turn. So that is, I mean, it's a little bit of a Timmy move perhaps, but at the same time though, 
it's a very interesting uh, thing to execute there. So I would say that worst fears, it's a great spec because we're only seeing it as, I mean, it's only going to be a one-up for each person, but also it's a single printing. There's only 41 listings left on TCG player as, as we are recording and the supply continues to drop. So yeah, I would say this card is easily could become a 10 plus dollar card could even become a 20 plus dollar card if it continues to dodge reprints. That's pretty cool. One of the cards that I've been tasked with discussing this morning is Arcane Bombardment. It's a red enchantment. It's been draining here on TCG Player with only 85 listings left. This is a solid Streets of New Capenna card. It is amazing in EDH if you can get it out. Uh, I think of this as being in a blue-red Spellslinger deck or maybe a blue-red Turns deck. I think it would be really cool to be able to to play this because you get to cast spells for free off of it. Whenever you cast your first incident or sorcery spell each turn, exile an instant or sorcery card at random from your graveyard. Then copy exiled uh, each card exiled with arcane bombardment. You may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana cost. So this triggers on both people's turns. If you cast a spell on somebody else's turn, you get to exile another instant or sorcery from your graveyard. And then you copy each one with Arcane Bombardment. If you get to turn six, this card is absolutely ridiculous. I absolutely love it. Imagine casting a, a counter spell on somebody else's turn and having more cards exiled. <laughs> yeah, it's great, especially if you, because as you said, with extra turns, if you get something like a Time Warp exiled with this ability, it just gets absolutely nuts because, again, every time you cast a spell, you can take an extra turn. And if your deck is built for this, it you you literally turn something like a Gataxian Probe into a Time Warp. Yeah, this enchantment is phenomenal. I recommend it. I ordered a bunch of them, and I encourage other people to do the same. I think this card right now, it's yeah, as I think you said, it's currently about four or five bucks. This will become ten dollars plus over time, with no problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we have had uh, a fantastic time talking this morning. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Nothing too big. I'm just going to say real quick, keep an eye out on the spoiler season. I know it is exhausting. I know there's a lot going on, but definitely don't definitely keep an eye out. Definitely. As you're looking through the spoilers, as you're looking through individual cards, even if it's a card, you don't see yourself playing you keep asking yourself the question, okay, how does this affect the market? Because there, it's going to be consistently, we're going to see a lot of things happen over the coming months here. We're going to see a lot of things get spoiled. And yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, stay vigilant. That, that would be my wisdom I would want to give to everybody that's listening in because this can become more and more, as you were saying. So that's all I got to say. I think it'll... I think it will actually create more opportunities for us to be able to find cards to buy into before spikes. I, I'm just saying that because I, I think that we'll be able to, if we stay vigilant, we'll be able to find cards that will create new, new combos. And as long as we're staying on top of things, you'll be able to find them, track them, buy in, get out within six weeks, which I think is, is great to be able to do. But it takes so much time. We have to streamline our processes. We have to be able to talk and discuss those things that matter to 
MTG Finance. And part of that is hanging out with us here at Breakfast with Band. So I want to thank you all for joining us today. Thanks for taking time to be able to learn a little bit more. You can find us on Twitter at MTG underscore ban. Join us on mtgband.com and check us out in the Discord by joining us via the Patreon. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Stay classy. Stay classy.